It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Locked On NBA Fantasy Minute is presented by PrizePix. PrizePix is the most fun you can have playing daily fantasy basketball and winning up to 25 times your money. Go to prizepix.com slash LockedOnNBA and use the code LockedOnNBA for a first deposit match up to $100. We are very much in the thick of the fantasy basketball playoffs. You might be starting it this week. You might be already in it. It might be a week away. And at this point of the year, with only five weeks left in the entire regular season, Playing the schedule is the most important thing. So this week, the Minnesota Timberwolves and the Los Angeles Lakers play two games only. So any fringe players you have from those teams, even guys, yes, like Kyle Anderson replacing Kyle Anthony Towns, that's not worth it with two games on. You need to be stacking extra games and you need to be looking at the teams with four games. You need to be looking at teams with games early in the week and then switching them out for teams with more games later in the week. Get more games in, play the schedule, be cutthroat with injuries and get players in to get yourself success for fantasy basketball. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Look, when we say the Magic's bench is bad, Like we mean it's really bad and it's affecting everything to the point that the focus of today's show isn't even on how magic kind of flubbed a close game. You are locked on magic, your daily Orlando magic podcast, part of the locked on podcast network, your team every day. And you are indeed, uh, and you are indeed, I don't know, my computer's lagging today. And you are indeed on Magic. Today is October 28th, 2021. My name is Philip Rossman Reich. I'm the site expert and editor over at OrlandoMagicDaily.com. Of course, follow me on Twitter at R underscore OMD. On today's episode of Locked on Magic, we'll recap the Magic's 120 to 111 loss to the Charlotte Hornets. The good things that we saw, the struggles that we expected from a young team that we saw pop up in this game. Uh, and everything in between, plus the shocking, but not so shocking, stats of the starters versus the bench, why the Magic are certainly not at full strength right now, and certainly have some issues balancing out their rotation that they are slowly beginning to solve a little bit better, but still a pretty big issue. We'll get to all that coming up here uh, in just a moment. But before we dive into that, we want to thank you for making Locked On Magic your first listen every day, or just part of your regular podcast rotation. Um, no matter when you're listening to us, whether it's right when you get up in the morning, hopefully not morning because it's 9.30 when I record these, um, whether we, whether you listen to us the moment we drop in your inbox, over lunch, on your way to the game, on your way home, whenever, we truly appreciate you making Locked On Magic part of every single day. Um, we're free and available on all platforms as well as now streaming on YouTube. Check us out there as well. I'd like to get to 200 subscribers by the end of the homestand in a couple of weeks. Got two weeks to get there at like 150, 160, I think. Um, we're, we're building. We're building. Got to start brick by brick. Got to make those bell plays. Ch- check us out on YouTube. And of course, subscribe to us wherever you download podcasts. 
the Atlanta Magic uh, were game against the Charlotte Hornets, and, and I think you know after the kind of the initial blowback of those first two games and and the struggles that the team had, um, Orlando's found their fight again and found their their groove and and, and starting to pick things up. Um, and I told people this. I think I said this on the pod yesterday. Charlotte's probably the worst defense the Magic have played so far this season. Um, I'm not saying Charlotte's a bad defense. I'm not denigrating Charlotte at all. It's just the fact that the Magic have played the Spurs, the Heat, and the Knicks. Those are good defensive teams, um, or at least potentially good defensive teams. It's still so early in the season. Who the hell knows? Um, but the, the Hornets are a really good team, too. They, they would challenge the Magic with their transition point transition defense, which is where they really struggled. Um, but it was good to see the Magic play a close game. I'm not going to lie. The Magic really haven't played any clutch time games. The Knicks game, they had to come back. They had to make some plays to win that game. They obviously did that. Great sign. Great point of improvement. This game was different. The first time Orlando was kind of in a back-and-forth affair. Uh, they, they gave themselves a real chance to win. But at the end of the day, it came down to the things that you want deciding a game. Um, you don't want it to be tur- You don't want it to be poor transition defense. You don't want it to be the second quarter. You want it to be late game execution. You want it to be, did the team make shots at the key moments? Did the team make plays at the key moments? And tip your hat off to Charlotte, despite the struggles that they had throughout the game, despite the sloppiness that they played with, they made the plays when it mattered. And Orlando certainly didn't help themselves. Um, Orlando had eight turnovers in the fourth quarter to nine Charlotte points. Again, the Magic didn't do a terrible job, but in a game like this that was so close, those moments matter. You know, again, eight turnovers, Jalen Suggs, two of them in, in, in the back half of the fourth quarter, not the last two minutes, but in the back half of the fourth quarter with the lead still in jeopardy. Um, again, it was, it was sort of like that Miami game where Orlando got it to six. Uh, and, you know, I'll single out Jalen Suggs again. Suggs took a couple bad shots. The Heat were able to get it back out to 10, and that was that. Same kind of thing happened. The Magic were down, I think, two or three. Still in the game, still very much in the game. But the rookie made a couple of mistakes, made a couple of key mistakes that cost Orlando a chance to win. The Hornets go back to the other end. They get a Gordon Hayward basket. They get an offensive rebound. They had three offensive rebounds for five second chance points in the fourth quarter as well. Just kind of backbreaking, heart crushing plays, the kind of plays that, you know, lose you games, to be perfectly frank. I think Wendell Carter said it really well after the game. Um, they've got to win those plays, they got to win those hustle plays. That's something that this Magic team. Wants to be about and rebounding has been a huge issue. It was a huge issue in this game. I had the, the Hornets with like a 29% offensive rebound rate. Um, not good, not a good number at all. You want to, you definitely want that under a quarter, under 25%. Um, the, the, the Hornets made the plays down the stretch. They were sloppy throughout the course of the game, but when it came down to winning time, the Hornets had a, a lineup out there that they trusted. Um, even without LaMelo Ball, they put Gordon Hayward in isolations. He, you know, despite how well Franz Wagner played overall, he made Franz Wagner look like a rookie. And so the Magic took some learning lumps and took some lumps here uh, in this one. Magic missed some open shots that probably would have helped um, push some momentum. Uh, Franz Wagner, I remember specifically, really good set uh, and pick and roll set that got him an open three at the top of the key. He only had two misses. Those That was one of the two. Um, and, and you can live if that's how you lose a game. Honestly, I, if you lose a game because you miss an open shot, you live with that. That's fine. Um, but... What happened with that was then Wagner missed a shot. Charlotte scored, maybe extended their lead back out to three or four, whatever it was. Orlando started pressing. You could really feel the pressure of the moment. Um, Orlando played with a lead against New York. This was, this uh, you know, they had to come back. They took a lead. They played with a lead late and, and made the plays. And Terrence Ross was a big part of that. 
in this game, Orlando, uh, you know, was back and forth. It was a tight game all the way through. Charlotte had the lead late, and the Magic had to figure out how to make up a deficit. And, and you could just kind of sense the, I would say, the lack of poise. Um, but you know, Cole Anthony again said it best after the game. The best way to learn how to play in close game situations is to be in close game situations. So at the very least, this was a good learning experience. I mean, if the Magic are going to lose games, lose them close, lose them entertaining. It's okay if you lose because of youth. It's, it's okay if you lose that way. Um, as long as you're learning from the lessons, as long as it's something different every time, um, you don't want to get blown out. We want to see those blowouts go com- almost completely away. They're, they're going to happen every once in a while, but uh, you don't want to see the team losing by 25, 30 points like they did the, those first two games. The Magic have been significantly more competitive uh, in their last three, which is a good sign. You want to see more games exactly like this Charlotte game because you know beyond the the struggles in the fourth quarter, which are certainly you know worth discussing and dissecting, um, but not reading too much into it's one game. Um, the Magic played their best offensive game of the season here. Um, you know I think you got to give a lot of credit to the Magic. There's a focus on stopping transition opportunities, especially with how good Charlotte is in transition and the players they have that really pick up the pace. Orlando did a really good job in transition, limiting fast break opportunities, limiting fast break points, um, and making things hard for the Hornets to get, making it hard for the Hornets to get into their offense. Their defense was really good, scrambling for turnovers. The Charlotte Hornets were really sloppy throughout the course of the game. Um, the Magic were able to dig out turnovers, kind of get into their offense quickly, um, not with fast break opportunities, not with fast break points. I think that's still a, a point that the Magic have to be better at. Um, but overall, Orlando played a really strong offensive game. They moved the ball. Cole Anthony was in complete control of things. He was able to get into the lane, kind of fish where he wanted to go. Um, he played with incredible poise throughout the course of the game. I was really, really impressed with Cole Anthony. Uh, and Orlando had a lot of control in this game. Um, we'll talk about it in a little bit. A lot of that control was lost when the bench units came in, when the Magic starters were out of the game. Um, that's been uh, the case throughout the course of the season. Um, it's... It, it's, it, it was a really solid game from Orlando, honestly, uh, on both ends. The rebounding was a big issue. Um, the Hornets definitely had their spurts where they were really strong offensively. Again, I would argue a lot of that came with the bench on, on the floor. Um, but Orlando, I thought, played a really solid game. If Orlando plays like they did on Wednesday night with more precision and more, um, you know, more just focus on execution – they're going to win. They're going to win their share of games. Um, you know uh, that was that was a winning performance for the most part. Again, the Magic just kind of fumbled the ball away um, with turnovers and offensive rebounds. Again, offensive rebounds been a huge issue all year, even into the preseason. You know it's an issue. It's something that they've got to figure out how to solve. Um, you know, adding some bodies might help. It, it might not. I don't know if they have the the great rebounders on their team right now. Um, but overall, uh, Orlando played a really good game. Uh, a game that they certainly can't, you know, not be satisfied with. They want to win. They want to win, obviously. But a game that if they play this way, if they play with this approach, they're going to win more. They're going to win their share of games. Um, they're going to put themselves in positions to win. And I think that's ultimately what we want to set, want to see happen. We're going to go over the box score and talk a little bit more about that starter bench divide. The numbers are staggering, to say the least, coming up here in just a moment. But first, a quick word from our pals at Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. So why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing the only brand their warehouse happens to carry? You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. That warehouse is literally with you all the time. 
So save time and money when using Rock Auto. Rock Auto is a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for more than 20 years. Rock Auto prices are reliably low for every customer. They have everything you can need from brake parts, tail lamps, mortal oil, and even new carpet. Go explore their easy-to-use website today to find the solution to your auto part needs. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in there. How did you hear about us, Fox? So they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. Today's podcast is also brought to you by our pals at Bet Online. Bet Online is back and better than ever. The new web interface is up for the start of the basketball season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online remains your number one spot for all the basketball and football action this season. So head to their new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use the promo code locked on to receive your bonus. From basketball, football, baseball, postseason, the baseball postseason, the World Series, obviously going on now. NHL, boxing, and UFC right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait. Take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. Bet online where they start. Before we dive into the box, again, want to thank making Locked On Magic your first listen every of your regular podcast rotation. We do truly appreciate being part of your day and adding a little magic to your life. Yeah, I went there. I went with the pun. Deal with it. We're free and available on all platforms as well as streaming on YouTube. Let's run through the final box score for your real fast as the Orlando Magic uh, fall to the Charlotte Hornets 120-111. to 111. They're now 1-4 on the season. Um, again, like I said, I thought this was a really good game for the Orlando Magic. I know maybe we're lowering our expectations. And, you know, again, the next time the Magic are in this situation, a close game, they can't lose on turnovers. Like Jalen Suggs has to make the right decision. He has to learn from his mistakes. It's, it, what we're looking for this season is not necessarily wins and losses. Wins are proof that, that progress is being made. But we are looking for progress. We're looking for the team to get better. Coming out of the Miami game, Orlando was focused on stopping transition defense because Miami – was really good at pushing the pace, even off of makes, catching the Magic unaware, um, and, and beating them down the floor. Orlando made sure that didn't happen in this game. Orlando made sure that they were back. So now the next focus is, next time we're in a close game, let's focus on execution. Let's make sure turnovers and offensive rebounds especially are not what beats us. Again, in the fourth quarter alone, the Magic turned the ball over eight times from nine Charlotte points. They shot only ten for six, or seven for 16, one for seven from deep. You can live with some of that. Um, but the I got outscored 29 to 18 was the only quarter the Magic did not score at least 30 points, considering how bad this Magic's offense has been. I, I will take that as a minor victory. This is by far, I think, the Magic's best overall offensive game. But you can see how much the Magic struggled. Now, worth noting here as well, in the fourth quarter, eight turnovers for nine points, zero fast break points for the Hornets. So at least that was a good sign. But again, like I said, three offensive rebounds leading to five points. Those three offensive rebounds coming at critical time. So the fourth quarter, a big story of the game. The Magic just could not sustain um, their level of execution and level of, of focus and intensity uh, through the course of the the fourth quarter, uh, through winning time, to, to be to be frank. Um, so again, Magic shoot 48.9% from the floor by, uh, honestly, their best field goal percentage 
uh, this season, 15 for 40 from beyond the arc. Like I said, the fast break points, Charlotte, which is 10 fast break points on four for nine shooting. So a solid job in transition for Orlando. Orlando is led in scoring by Cole Anthony with 24 points, 11 for 20 shooting, just two for seven from beyond the arc, five rebounds and six assists. He did have three turnovers as well, something that he pointed out uh, in his post-game press conference. But I, I would say this, the Magic really struggled to function without Cole Anthony. Like, um, the, he is, he's slowly figuring things out. Um, you know, he definitely had his moments where he was still chucking. And, and, and I think, I think everyone understands that his instinct is to shoot. And, and he would understand that too. Like he wants to score. He's looking to drive to score. That's, that's gotta be the mindset that he has. And that's perfectly all right. But go back. If you can look at highlights, watch some tape, watch the patience at which Cole Anthony played the second half of that game, especially, um, it, it, Cole Anthony had complete control of the game. Um, he was, you know, he was, I don't think LaMelo Ball was defending him. Um, I think they had Kelly Oubre on him, a bigger defender, and Cole was just burning him. Um, he had a lot of bounce. Um, that's that's the best way to describe it. He had a lot of bounce in this game. Um, he was willing to attack, willing to drive, willing to just go wherever he wanted to go, and he was making, making the right decisions on shooting and passing, what kind of shots to take, where to pull up, the, honestly, Cole, Cole Anthony's best game was obviously that Knicks game where he was just unconscious. This was a really good game for for Cole Anthony, um, one of his better games in a Magic career and, and in his young career. And obviously, um, you know we're only five games in the season, but we've got two really good Cole Anthony performances. If this is something that becomes consistent, a you know I, I still think Markel Fultz is a starter, but you know you you have you can afford to bring Fultz a little bit slower off the bench if Anthony's able to command the team and command the offense this way. B, you can maybe play those two together a little bit more, although I think Cole Anthony struggles a little bit more off the ball. Um, and C, uh, you know, I think I think one of the mistakes the Magic made in this game, and it's not necessarily a mistake that I'm angry about, the Magic put the ball in Jalen Suggs' hand late in the game. Um, they, they made it a point to make this a learning experience for Jalen Suggs, and yeah, Suggs failed that test. If the Magic were trying to win this game or the Magic were more serious about winning this game, there would not have been a possession that Cole Anthony did not have the ball in his hands. Uh, again, I'm not angry about it. Jalen Suggs needs the late game reps. Cole Anthony, Cole Anthony, uh, after Suggs had those couple of turnovers, Cole was the one with the ball in his hands trying to get the team back. They were down six, I think, with two minutes to go. And Anthony made nice plays uh, to, to keep the magic in it. Um, they just couldn't get the stops on the other end. Gordon Hayward really doing a good job finishing the team off. Um, so again, I'm five minutes into this glowing about Cole Anthony. I want to write a little bit more about it, discuss a little bit more about it. Cole Anthony was ridiculously good in this game. Um, and, and, and if, if he has more performances like this, you know, we're, we're going to have to change a little bit how we feel about him. I think defensively he's competing. He's not a great defender, obviously, but, um, but, but it, I mean, Cole, Cole is, is doing all the right things for the Orlando magic right now. Really, really impressive performance for him. Uh, Wendell Carter, 20 points, eight for 15 shooting 10 rebounds for him. Uh, he would also note that he gave up some rebounds in the fourth quarter. Um, honestly, like. Wendell had a nice game, had one of those game, those quiet games where, you know, he scored a lot of points, but it didn't feel like he scored a lot of points. Um, and, and I kept the, uh, you know, I looked at the score. I was like, hey, Wendell Carter's leading the team in scoring. Really? Um, the ball was finding him. He was putting himself in good positions, but you know, good on Wendell too. Honestly, he was really critical of himself after the game. Um, you know, we'll talk more about the bench bench group. He was the center playing with that bench group for the most part. He felt that his energy waned at times that he didn't, he didn't, you know, kind of display the energy that he needed. He faulted himself 
for some of the offensive rebounds that Mason Plumley got in the fourth quarter. He knows he's got to do better. He knows he's got to do better by keeping his energy consistent. Um, and it was a nice, you know, kind of bit of self-reflection. And, you know, I'm glad that he's willing to mention it and talk about it publicly that, you know, that this is something that he's working through, working on and struggling with a little bit as a, a big man in this game. Uh, it's a big man, uh, you know, still trying to learn things. And he understands with this team, especially he's a team leader, you know, fourth year player, but he's a team leader. And so he's got to set a good example. Um, if anything, I, I'm really impressed that he recognized all that stuff. We obviously got to see it play out on the court, but Wendell Carter continues to play really consistently and really, really well as well. Uh, Mo Bamba, 14 points, five for nine shooting, 10 rebounds, another double-double for him. Um, he had a block shot as well. Bamba played really played well. Uh, I can't be too upset about the way Mo Bamba played. Um, again, defense, you know, I think I think well, the issue we're at with Bamba now is he makes the first read really, really well. Um, he makes the first play really, really well. Um, you know, going over, deciding to go over and block shot, he's doing that confidently. Uh, stepping up uh, to, to defend his man or stepping up to defend a screen and roll, he's doing that confidently. He's taking a big step up in that in that sense. The next part for Mo Bamba is going from recognizing the first play to recognizing the first play and making the second play. Um, that's that's the part that's the net, that's the part that's missing for Mo right now. Um, there's a couple of rebounds where Bamba did a really good job contesting the shot, but contested himself out of position and gave up an offensive rebound and gave up the next play. Um, and so. You know, I think this is all a regular progression. This isn't any. This isn't anything to be worried about. Um, this is something that just Mo has to get better at as he continues to as he continues to get experience and get playing time. I mean, this is his real first extended, meaningful starting starting level playing time. He's doing really, really well. I'm not. I'm not at all sitting here saying Mo Bamba is terrible. He's doing good things. Um, but like all young players, just learning how to do the next thing, how to do the next thing that's going to be necessary for him to be the kind of player that I think everyone thinks he can be right now. Franz Wagner was honestly the star of the game. 15 points, five for seven, shooting three for four from deep. Um, Wagner, Wagner's really good. Um, and, and honestly, watching him live, you appreciate it a lot more than, than you might on TV. Makes really hard cuts, really smart plays. So much of it just doesn't show up in the box score. Um, he got rooked a few times. Gordon Hayward rooked him a few times. Uh, so he's still learning. Uh, you know, He's not at all perfect. But the guy shoots confidently. He's playing with a lot of confidence right now. Um, he understands his role and what he needs to do to help this magic offense function. Honestly, you go look at the numbers and we'll, we'll go look at some of these numbers here in a second. Most of the magic's lineups without Franz Wagner do not play well. Most of the lineups with Franz Wagner in them do play well. And I think that speaks a lot to the kind of player that he is um, and, and the kind of impact that he can have. Magic fans have been over the moon about this kid, probably because of some lowered expectations. I'm guilty of that as well. Um, a lot of Magic fans are over the moon with uh, about this kid. A lot of people love this kid. It's hard not to. He has played exceedingly well. Um, we'll dive into the bench, but Terrence Ross, the leader off the bench, with 18 of the Magic's 30 points off the bench. 7 for 15 shooting, 4 for 8 from beyond the arc. Solid Terrence Ross game. Got his shots going. You know, again, looked for his shots, got his shots going, made his shots, um, got some open threes, um, did a really good job taking what the defense gave him. He still, I think, still got to improve a little bit shooting off the dribble. Uh, but he's gotten a lot better uh, on that front too. And, and adding that's going to make him that much more of a valuable weapon as a cutter and slasher. Again, the Orlando Magic shoot 48.9% from floor, 37.5%, 15 for 40 from beyond the arc. Just 13 free throw attempts. I've been making this point online a lot. Orlando entered the game second in the league in free throw rate. Um, that they that that uh, that's certainly bullied by a really 
strong free throw game against the Knicks where they had 30 plus free throws. Um, only 13 in this game. They had a bad free throw game on Monday as well. Getting the free throw line has got to be part of this magic offense. They got to do a better job getting the line. They had, I think, six free throws in the first quarter. So more, so more than half the free throws came in the first quarter. Again, Orlando's offense was fine. They they scored more than 30 points in three of the four quarters. The fourth quarter, obviously, being the exception. Charlotte got to the line in the fourth quarter. They were 20 for 24. Orlando fouled a little bit too much in this game. Uh, helped Charlotte kind of stay in it and stay stay with things. And there were some late fouls as well. A lot of players were guilty on that one. Um, so, so Orlando, I think, has got to continue to do a better job getting the line. We'll see where that stat settles in. Charlotte shot 51.8% from the floor, 14 for 30 from beyond the arc. Again, 20 for 24 from the lot from the foul line. They do have 10 offensive rebounds, but that's 10 of 35 for offensive rebound rate. That comes out to about 29, 30%. So Orlando did give up their share of offensive rebounds. Miles Bridges leads the Hornets with 31 points, five for 10 shooting from deep. Gordon Hayward, always a thorn in the magic side, 24 points, five assists for him, four turnovers as well. Orlando did force 17 turnovers for 24 points off turnovers. The real killer in this game was not LaMelo Ball. He was three for 14, seven, for seven points. He did hit one big three, three-pointer in the fourth quarter. The killer was the bench. Uh, Nick, uh, sorry, Cody Martin, 12 points off the bench. Jalen McDaniels, 16 points, four for five shooting. Game plan was very clearly let Jalen McDaniels shoot. He shot it. He made it. That hurt the magic. The, mag the bench was a huge, huge differentiator in this game. Charlotte with 40 points off their bench compared to the Magic's 30. 18 of those coming from Terrence Ross. I want to talk a little bit more about bench starter discrepancy, how the Magic are trying to find some balance to make their bench a little bit better, have chances to win just like they did in this one. We'll talk a little bit about that coming up here in just a moment. But first, do you smell that? For me, it's about 10 o'clock. I'm ready to eat some breakfast. Um, you know, whether it's a pa whether pancakes, cinnamon rolls, all the good smelling pastry stuff that, that you get in, in breakfast. The best part, it, this breakfast that I'm getting ready to eat showed up right at my door because I ordered it with Postmates. With Postmates, I get all of my favorite fruits from the local restaurants in my neighborhood delivered. No leaving the house, and even better, no getting in the car to find a parking spot. We all know how terrible parking is here in Orlando. And Postmates isn't all just burritos and sushi. I can order things like toothpaste, phone chargers, on-demand too. That's because places like Walgreens and 7-Eleven are also on Postmates. My favorite part, when the app lets me know that my food or items have been delivered, everything is right outside my door. It never gets old. Just download Postmates on iOS or Android, find your favorite foods, or that one thing you forgot to get from the store, and get it delivered on demand. And for a limited time, Postmates is giving our listeners a little something. New customers will get 50% off your first five orders of $50 or more when you use the code LOCKEDONNBA. That's code LOCKEDONNBA. That's two N's in that. LOCKEDONNBA to get 50% not 15, 50% off your first five orders of $50 or more. Max savings of $100 per order. Just download the Postmates app or sign up online. It's super easy. Offer is subject to change in taxes and fees apply Offer valid for 30 days after you add the promo code to your account. Today's podcast also brought to you by Pals at Sweatblock. For a few weeks, we've been talking about Sweatblock, these wipes that stop sweat for seven days, and it seems people have been listening. We have friends of Locked On who tried Sweatblock and love it. You know, MLS season is coming to a close. We heard from a soccer player um, who heard us talking about Sweatblock and thought it would be was too good to be true. 
He always was the wettest, sweatiest guy after practice in games. So he thought he'd give Sweat Block a shot. He tried it on his pits. The next practice, his pits were dry while everything else was wet. He says he didn't have to reapply for nine days. Now he is a true believer. Yes, the cold front is coming in. Sweat may not be as big of an issue here in Central Florida uh, anymore, but it'll get hot again. Don't worry. It'll be there. So get yourself ready with Sweat Block. Stop excessive sweat for up to seven days per use. It's doctor-created, doctor-recommended, and comes with a dry shirt guarantee. If Sweat Block doesn't keep you dry, you get your money back. It's not just for armpits, chest, back, feet, hands. Use it anywhere that sweats. If you or someone you care about is dealing with excessive sweat, you have to check out Sweatblock. Get it today for 20% off at sweatblock.com with promo code LOCKEDON or at Amazon and CBS. All right. Let's talk about the bench. Let's talk about the starters and the bench because the numbers are extremely, extremely interesting. Um, extremely, extremely interesting. Um, I do see your comments uh, for those watching on YouTube Live. We'll get to those at the end of the show. So apologies there. Um, the starter bench split is one of the more fascinating stats of the early season. Now it's early. It, you don't want to read too much into things. But take a look at this. The Orlando Magic starting lineup. So that's Cole Anthony, Jalen Suggs, Franz Wagner, Mo Bamba, and Wendell Carter. The Magic starting lineup has a net rating of plus 26.9 points per 100 possessions in 55 minutes. Plus 26.9. A 114.8 offensive rating and an 87.9 defensive rating. That group is playing like an elite unit. It's going to be real hard to break that unit up um, when guys come back from injury. Um, and then I think you'll be hard-pressed to do so for a little while. Sub in Terrence Ross for Jalen Suggs as the Magic often do to start to, as their first substitution. Um, and the Magic have a plus .2 net rating in nine minutes. It's actually their second most used lineup. So how in the world do the Magic have a minus 14.3 net rating overall. Some of it, like I said, is they've owned their second most used lineup has only played nine minutes together through five games. Essentially, what this tells me is Jamal Mosley is still figuring out the right rotation and the right playing groups to throw out there. He knows he has one thing that works. One of the reasons why I didn't think I don't think we saw Gary Harris go immediately into the starting lineup is because that starting unit works so well. And the more Jamal Mosley can use that starting unit together, the more successful the team is probably going to be. But the bench unit really struggles. And Wednesday's game was a perfect example of this. Orlando in a Orlando started the game off really, really well. Um, let me find let me find my notes on this. Um, Orlando had a 13-8 lead when they brought Terrence Ross into the game. Um, and then had a 12-point lead when they brought their seventh man, Gary Harrison, to the game. With 5.42 remaining in the first quarter, Orlando had a 12-point lead and looked to be playing extremely well. The Hornets, against this largely bench unit, the second unit, went on a 23-11 run to leave the game tied at 31 at the end of the quarter. 
Again, this feels like a small thing. It's early in the game. Every team in the NBA makes a run. Everyone says that. Everyone knows that. Um, Jamal Mosley says one of the team's biggest problems, and it's been a recognized problem since the preseason, is how the Magic handle these runs. But there, it's very clear, too, that a big part of this and a big part of every single game the Magic have played so far this year is something changes. The energy drops, the intensity, the, the focus, the intensity, the skill level. It all drops when the starting unit exits the game. I mean, I, I, there's no there's no other way to say, to say this. Um, it's been a huge issue. You look at the you look at the individual plus minus numbers, and again, individual game plus minus is usually a folly to look at. Every member of the bench outside of Terrence Ross was at least minus fifteen. Ross was minus eight. Wendell Carter played largely with that bench unit in the second quarter. Was the only starter with a negative plus minus at minus ten. You look at the minutes and just just think about the game itself. The Magic played R.J. Hampton at the point for a little while in the second quarter. It was a disaster. And, you know, kind of gave away the Magic's chance to lead Orlando. Actually, had to rally a little bit at the end of the second quarter to get back into the game. Weathering runs has obviously been a big story for the Orlando Magic. And, 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 and right now, the team is so depleted with injury. They've got three potential starters out with injury right now in Chumo, Kiki, Jonathan Isaac, and Markel Fultz. And it does seem like Chumo Kiki is getting closer and closer to a return, although the Magic will never put a date on that. The right now, the Magic are struggling to put these rotations together and put groups on the floor that can consistently weather the storm, weather these runs, and give the team a chance to win. As Wendell Carter said after the game, quote, I feel like as a team, we didn't handle their runs real well. We tried a lot of quick hitters after they made two or three shots in a row. We can't just come down and take the next shot. That fuels their run. Once they go on a run, the best bet is to stop it as soon as possible. We didn't do a good job of that. We turned the ball over too many times. They got a lot of offensive rebounds, a lot of effort plays that we didn't do tonight. That cost us the game tonight, and we know that, end quote. This is all larger problems that young teams have. Um, young teams are going to have trouble with consistency. They got to see things to learn them. Um, and so they're learning all these things, just like they're learning how to handle and manage runs, how to stop runs, how to stop stop the, 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 the dam from leaking, so to speak. So, yes, a, a lot of this is learning experience. A lot of this is the team getting better and trying to figure things out. Um, no one's, I think, denying that at this point. Orlando's got work to do on that front. But at the same time, at the same time, the the, the magic to find ways to, to win games. Winning still matters, right? It, it has to. You can't just throw out uh, an all bench lineup and 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 hope for the best and and get down by 15 20 points. The Magic in the previous four games, not in Wednesday's game, but in previous four games, had six minute stretches where they just did nothing and were just buried so deep they couldn't get out. Those largely came with yes, the bench unit on the floor, not the starters. And so Mosley searching for the right combination still. It's very very clear. In the second half of Wednesday's game, he tightened his rotation. Cole Anthony or Jalen Suggs were on the floor for the entire 24 minutes. And I think it's pretty clear that at least Jalen Suggs or Cole Anthony need to be on the floor for the entire 48 minutes. The Magic don't have any other point guards. They're not ready to throw Michael Mulder out there maybe for a few spot minutes. But the Magic need at least one of those guys on the floor. And yeah, Jalen Suggs is still very rough around the edges. And it, Cole Anthony right now is probably the only true point guard 
the team really, really trusts. The Magic probably also need to make sure that one of Wendell Carter or Mo Bamba is on the floor at all times, although I don't think that is as dispositive as, as uh, the point guard issue. Right now, the Magic probably are really only getting super positive offensive contributions from Cole Anthony, probably a little bit from Mo Bamba, and certainly from Franz Wagner more than anyone else. That The Magic need more from Gary Harris. They need more from Jalen Suggs if they're going to be successful. And they, they need R.J. Hampton not to be so chaotic Let, uh, if, if he's going to play. Uh, he, he can't be as all over the place as he has been so far. The rotations were tightened in the second half. I think the Magic only played eight players in the second half of the game. There was only nine players total. And Moritz Wagner didn't play very much in the second half. So there's certainly an adjustment and an understanding like these lineups are working, these playing groups are working, and these ones are not. Or I need to limit these or keep it on a short leash. Mosley will begin to play these players a little bit more, but obviously we're in the middle of the marathon. We're in the middle of a difficult stretch in the schedule to begin with. He's not going to lean so heavily on all these players. Orlando is going to fix some of this just by getting quality players back healthy. The Magic being down three key players at this point really hurts and really keeps the team from having the rotation that they want. But what is clear this early at this early point in the season have a starting group that play well together and a bench group that is struggling tremendously. And finding a balance to make sure that that starting group still gets all the benefit or the team still gets all the benefit of that starting group while also being able to sustain for 48 minutes, that's going to be a challenge that Coach Mosley is going to have to face. It's going to be a very, very difficult challenge indeed. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked On Magic. Of course, follow us on Twitter at Locked On Magic. Subscribe to the podcast on uh, on on no, sorry on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, Himalaya, Google Play, Spotify, Odyssey, and all the fun places you download podcasts to your podcast-enabled listening device. One of the best parts of doing my shows in the morning now and doing it live on YouTube, I get to interact directly with you. I want to do more of this, so if you happen to catch us, I'm usually recording around 9, 30, 10 o'clock in the mornings if you want to watch our show live. You can get on the show, just like Lewis Medina did here. He, he asked, it seems like we are falling apart late in games. How much of this is coaching related? In Wednesday's game, it was, I don't, I think there was, I think, I would say this. Um, we talked about it after the Spurs game. I think Mosley is still getting the finer points of a coaching rotation down and knowing when to pull guys and when to put guys back in. Um, I was, in the fourth quarter, I was saying to myself, you know, the Magic were kind of chugging along. Cole Anthony was in to start the fourth quarter. Uh, and we were getting at the nine, six, nine, eight minute mark. And I was like, Mosley's going to have to take Cole Anthony out here for a little while, for at least like two, three minutes to give him a little bit of a breather. Um, and then probably have to bring him back in pretty quickly. I'm um, just again, Cole Anthony was really good uh, on Wednesday night. Um, and he took, he took Cole out. Um, there was like a maybe two minute stretch, two, three, two and a half, three minute stretch where Cole was out. Um, and the Hornets started to kind of assert themselves and, and build a little bit of a lead. They never got like completely out of reach. Um, and then Mosley brought Cole back into the game. Um, I would say the decision to have Jalen Suggs on the ball as the primary playmaker late in the fourth quarter was certainly a choice. Um, I'm not angry about it again. I, I think that Suggs needs those reps and needs, needs that opportunity. Um, um, needs that opportunity, but, uh, but, uh, 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 that loading experience is going to be valuable for him. Um, but if it were me and I was going for the win, 
I would not have had Suggs out on the floor. I would have gone with the lineup. I would have had Ross in for Suggs and gone with the tra- traditional with the with the two big lineups that the Magic were using. Um, the Magic did not finish the game with Bamba and Carter. I thought that was a mistake as far as going for the win. But as far as developing the team, uh, playing Suggs makes sense to me. I, I am not upset about that. Um, but again, there there are definitely little things. I think most I I think it's less about the coaching and more just about the general youth of the team and, and the inexperience of the team. Um, Magic have played only two close games so far. Um, you know, everything else, there's been some some struggle or some some difficulty at some point in the game that has turned it into a blowout. Um, so I think the magic, I think the magic are right where they right, right where you'd expect them to be as as a young team, especially. Um, a late question from Mikey Clark, our our, our friend over there in the UK. Um, he says, uh, what are you seeing from Suggs offensively? Is he trying to do too much? Um, I talked a little bit about this earlier in the week. I, I think my Analysis of Suggs still stands. Um, I think Suggs is being sped up a lot. Um, I think teams are putting a lot of defensive focus on him, um, you know, because of how highly touted he is. Um, I think that he's getting to his spots. I, I really like where Suggs is getting to and how he's able to get there. Uh, right now, I think it's just the experience of knowing when to pass, how to pass, not trying to force things too much, um, just kind of making smart plays. And I think a lot of this is seeing it. Um, you know, again, I didn't necessarily think it was the right decision to play Suggs at the end of the game, if, especially if they're trying to win. Um, but, but um, at the same time, I, I think that I think that he needs to be in those exper- those experiences. Um, Devon Madison, kind of adding to that, are you concerned with how undeveloped Suggs' ball handling seems? Most point guards that come in at least already has that down pat. Um, yeah, I think it's a little concerning. Um, I think the thought of making Jalen Suggs a point guard right now. Um, it, it, it doesn't fit. Um, you know, I think, I, I think he can do it. I think he can be a secondary ball handler as, as he is right now. You know, again, we'll see what he develops into. He's there's still a long way to go in his career. Um, but I think the focus of making him a point guard, he's, he, there's just not a lot of command of the offense yet. Um, and, and I think some of it is a shots not falling. And, and uh, you know, I think a big part of this season for Jalen Suggs is learning when to attack, when to play, make, when to, when to score, when to look for his own, when to look for others. Um, I think that's a huge part of what the Magic need to see from Jalen Suggs this season. So, still a lot more for him to work on. No one, no one is denying that. No one, I think, is hiding from that. Um, he has not been good yet, um, but I think the struggle is ultimately going to be good for him. Um, I think he's getting to all his spots. It's just about slowing down the game. You know, not not getting into the teeth of the defense, knowing when to stop your drive and when to get make that next pass and when to and how to draw the defense to you in a way that you control rather than the way that the defense controls them. Thanks again, everyone, for the questions. If you do happen to catch our show live, you can always drop you can always drop a question. You can always drop me a line as well on Twitter at R underscore OMD. You can also follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked on Magic. Subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, Himalaya, Google Play, Spotify, Odyssey, and all the fun places to download podcasts to your podcast and listen device. Plus, you can now watch our show as well, streaming on YouTube. Now that you've done finished listening to Locked on Magic, we thank you again for making us part of your daily podcast rotation. Go check out the Locked On Fan Basketball Podcast. Chocolate is the number one daily fantasy basketball podcaster in the world. And his podcast is free and available on all platforms to help you get set for your daily fantasy fantasy game or for your season. We're still very early on in the fantasy basketball season. But that's going to do it for me today. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked On Magic. For Orlando Magic, daily Locked On Magic, this is the Frost and Mike. Another episode of One.
Hey Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.